sub two. Subject to the new catchphrase, right? But of course, we love sub two. It's called sub2empire.com for a reason, right? We love sub two. This is taking over the payments on an existing mortgage for a seller. Taking over the payments. You're not assuming the loan, right? It's not a loan assumption, but you are taking responsibility for the payments. Okay. So you're going to do that, right? That's a, a great acquisition strategy. We'll talk more about that in a second. Subject to. Right, rat mortgage. This is more of a disposition strategy, um, although it could theoretically uh, be an acquisition strategy as well. But so rat mortgage. So let's say you take a property subject to using the uh, the above strategy, and then you have another end buyer in place. If you want to provide seller financing to that buyer, should talk about that in example here in a second. Um, and so what you're going to do is you're going to do a rat mortgage. Right, uh, you're going to put. Uh, your own terms and conditions over and above and subject to right the existing loan that's in place. Okay, so really you're creating a private loan now that's wrapped around probably what is initially a bank like a traditional bank loan. Private loan over to the top of a bank loan. It's typically how that happens. Okay, lease purchase. Let's put that on there too. So, uh, right, you maybe enter into a lease agreement and then you also have a purchase piece of that. And probably that purchase piece is, it looks like a, a land contract, right? It's an agreement for deed. In other words, the title doesn't transfer until it's all paid off in there. You can also do, right, lease with options, which is the next one. I just put options generically. It could be a lease with an option. In other words, you actually just do an option agreement and the, you know, a lease with an option. And so then your tenant, which will ultimately hopefully become your buyer, has to actually execute the option to purchase and then you agree to whatever those purchase terms are if it's not already stated in the option okay so a little different than a lease with purchase a lease with the purchase you're already figuring out the purchase conditions up front uh right and you're embedding that in there probably in an agreement for deed but now uh as an option right you can figure out those terms later if you want to um and also you can just put an option on a piece of property for you to buy later it's a great way to lock up a piece of property, um, uh, potentially. Uh, so I just put options in there. It's a great creative financing uh, strategy. It's a creative strategy, right, to tie up a piece of property for you. Maybe gives you some time to figure out how to exit from that property. And then I just note hybrid and combinations, right? So uh, again, maybe you have a, a lease with an option. You have sub two with frat mortgage or all that just all kinds of different ways to combine some of those things, so hybrid and combinations. And again, it's not an all-inclusive list. Right? Um, if you look, if you just you know do the Google search of creative financing strategies, you might see some some people come up with 20, 25 plus different strategies. Not going all of it, just depends on how specific you want to be with with different things. But a lot of you know these are just the high-level ones today. Okay. So those are strategies. So in order to, to obtain a property with seller financing, right, you need to know how to create that note and that deed of trust, right? That's kind of a piece that goes along with that seller financing is to know how to do that. So that's why I group all these into as a strategy because it has documents in there. Like for instance, you're creating your own note and agreement. You're creating your own economy, so to speak, which is why we love all that not relying on the their traditional, their traditional institutions to do that for you, okay? 
So it's a strategy, right? It's a way to do things and, and it does require some knowledge and some execution of documents, right? To do that properly, especially with sub two, you know, so on your purchase agreement, it's subject to, right? You want to close and make sure the title company knows it's all subject to uh, do that. So there are some, you know, there are some things to know and understand uh, with each of those strategies. Okay, now we're going to shift just a notch, right? And we're going to talk about creative financing sources, right? I'm going to differentiate that a strategy from a source. I mean, it's all kind of lumped together in the same thing, but I just wanted to note that um, a little separately today. So again, I don't have slides for each one of these. I'm just going to real quick through them. So you need to acquire a property, right? Maybe you want to uh, acquire with seller finance, but the seller wants a $25,000 down payment, right? So where, so it's a really good deal. You want to figure out how you're going to get that, that $25,000 down. So this is a source where you're going to get that $25,000, a creative source, right? You're not going to go necessarily to get that 30 year fixed mortgage. No one will give you a $25,000 30 year fixed mortgage anyway, but uh, you get the idea there. Hey, so it's private money. What does private money mean? Again, it's just acquiring money through any other means than the traditional financial financial institutions, right? So a lot of these things, right, that you that you could see up here could be, you know, types of private money like hard money. Many times it's like a subset of private money. It's coming from private individuals that hard money. Not all the time, but many many hard money lenders, right, are just private individuals or LLCs that give you those terms and conditions, right? So just private money, uh, hard money, okay? What's the difference between private money and hard money? Well, usually private money has a lower interest rate but you, and you can get that for uh, a period of time. Hard money is usually a quick in and out type of thing and has a much higher interest rate, like uh, 12 month financing on a fix and flip deal, something like that. You know, it might be an interest only deal, but it comes with uh, like high fees and a high interest rate. But it still might be fine because the margins on the deal are so great, it doesn't really matter. But that's you know, hard money, private money. You might be able to, to get um, a line of credit. Right? Now, this might be through a, a, a traditional bank institution, but it's not a traditional 30-year fixed note. So I'm going to lump that in here. Right? You might get a home equity line of credit. Right? Maybe your primary residence has $50,000 that you can take out in, a, in an equity line and then use that to fund other deals, right? So then you can use that to pay that $25,000 down that the seller wants to do seller financing to you, right? Maybe you can just do a personal line of credit. Actually, um, I didn't note on there, but a business line of credit as well. Like ultimately you wanna get your, uh, your LLCs uh, lines of credit, not in your personal name, right? So lines of credits up there, self-directed IRAs, right? This is a special form of private money that I want to talk about just for a second. Like, uh, we've used our self-directed IRA to fund several deals for investors, right? Just to give them capital, whether it's uh, maybe money to finish the rehab, whether it's money to acquire it, that $25,000 down to acquire it, whatever it comes from a self-directed IRA. Um, so if you don't know what a self-directed IRA is, I suggest you uh, look that up. It's a great, uh, great vehicle, especially a Roth IRA. It's a great vehicle to grow some retirement money. And in, in the case of the Roth IRA, uh, you know, tax-free on the backside of it. You got to pay taxes on the front side, but not on the backside. Nope. Cross-collateral. 
So this is maybe taking the equity you have in other properties. Maybe you have three or four rental properties um, that you can put up for a collateral that you can get a, um, a loan or a line of credit on um, or a equity line, right? That you can use to do other deals. That's what cross collateralization is. It's using other properties, the equity in other properties, not necessarily your primary residence, but other properties you own, um, taking the equity out cross collateralization. Credit cards. Credit cards. So you're probably thinking, well, I don't, I can't use my credit card. What I'm really talking about here are business credit cards, number one, right? Credit cards and then the business. Um, you want to use credit card companies that re that don't report to your personal uh, credit. So what I mean by like, like for instance, I'll just give you an example. Chase, right? If you take if you take out a business credit card with Chase. All right, so one of mine is Castle Investments LLC. So Castle Investments LLC has a Chase business credit card. Chase does not report the activity of the card to my personal credit. Now they checked my personal credit when they gave that business line out, but they do not report it to my, you know, my personal credit through the credit bureaus. Right? It's done with business credit. So this is helping me establish this credit. Um, just real quick. You want to get a uh, done a Bradstreet score for your business, right? It's basically the, the credit system for your business. Um, and you want to start building that business credit. Talk more about that um, in the future, but just as a note. So I'm talking about that and you can get high lines of credit, like $50,000, $75,000, $100,000 of on the credit line, from the credit card line. You're going to actually use, there are ways to actually use that to purchase and acquire the property. Okay. Do anything say, say, well, the title company is not going to charge my credit card. No, it's not. But there are systems in place where you can get that, uh, using the $25,000 example from earlier, you can get that $25,000 down payment you need, right? And the closing costs, you can get that charged to that card if you want. And then maybe you've got a 0% card for a while. Maybe it's a new card and it's 0% for 12 months. So now we have, you just have those minimum payment things there, right? So anyway, don't discount, right? And I'm not saying charge up all the credit cards and get in, get in debt way over here. That's not what I'm suggesting, but I'm saying it can be used properly, a good tool to do uh, business transactions.